0: of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Do you have a hard time staying on time in hygiene? As a hygienist, are you frustrated that your doctor's never on time? Do you wonder if we're ever going to be on time anytime? Well, today, we're going to give you some tips to better stay on time. I have an amazing coach. Her name is Angela Heffman. And today, she shares five secrets of unlocking time, how to reclaim your hygiene appointment, time, and stay on time. So please listen to this. I know you'll love this. And we'll see you soon hey guys welcome back to the best practices show podcast you have trouble staying on time are your hygiene appointments always running long do you think when is this gonna stop well a lot of people think that and today we're gonna bring them to a stop hopefully If you listen to the advice that one of our amazing coaches is going to give you, her name is Angela Heffman, and she's amazing. So, Angela, thank you so much for being on. I always appreciate you.
1: Thanks, Kirk. Happy to be here. This is a fun topic.
0: Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about reclaiming your hygiene appointment time. And we're going to give you five tips to do that. But let's start here, Angela. Why? You know, you coach practices all over the country. How big of a deal is this?
1: it 's huge every time we have a course for hygienists we 're always asking what are your biggest challenges that you are running into every day, and time management, running out of time, keeping on schedule, um, feeling exhausted on the at the end of the day are always the the top things
0: yeah, and the bigger thing too is Pete Dawson used to say this all the time, you can build the practice just by being on time. And everyone goes, I know I get it. Number two is when you're not on time, it screams, I don't care. And everyone's so busy. Number three, if you're a dentist listening to this, please listen to this because you completely over or underestimate time all the time. You tell your team members, oh, that'll be an that'll be an hour, that'll be five minutes, and it's never what you say it is. So we, as your team members, are constantly running around making excuses for your inadequate estimate (laughs) estimates, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So help me out of this. If I'm a dentist listening, Angela, where do I even start?
1: Well, you brought up a great point um, of underestimating the amount of time. The first step is actually just knowing how long you're spending on different things within your appointment. So I would recommend doing um, just like a little bit of a reflection exercise or a little time study to see during my appointment time, where am I spending my time? How much am I spending during the exam? How much time am I waiting for the doctor? How much time am I spending during mechanical bridement? How much time am I spending reviewing medical history, x-rays, patient interview, all that kind of stuff. And what we often find (laughs) is that we aren't really estimating accurately, we might think that we can get through that medical history and that patient interview in just, you know, a minute or two when it may be seven, eight minutes.
0: Yeah. And um, what what you're really talking about, and people don't like to hear this, is doing some type of a time study, you know. uh, Now, this is really important because if you're going to build a business that makes promises and keeps them like a great dental practice, you have to know how long things take you. And then if you don't like the data, you can work hard to improve your systems so that it gives you better data. That's a thought. And so a time study is a really important thing. Now, one of the things that people leave out of a time study. So if you heard Angela, you know, share those those tips, it's important to mark all that down. But a lot of times people don't do a time study from when the patient arrives and when they leave. So make sure you bookend it with that. So. You don't know that the patient came in 15 minutes early prior to the appointment. And we saw them 15 minutes after they were supposed to be seen. And then the dentist, and again, I'm speaking mostly to the dentist. The dentist was in there for five minutes and they don't have any idea what happened the rest of the time, you know? So I think it's really important. And when you start to look at that, the thing that comes out of it, that's really important is there's no emotion data. You're just tracking, you're time stamping things, And so you probably will get frustrated the first time you do it, but it's just data and we're looking at data. And what you can do is say, wow, that I had no idea. And now we can start to better prep for the appointments. We can start to better schedule for those appointments. And then philosophically, I'll just add a whole bunch of layers to this because, Angie, I just have to. I can't help myself is that I'm a part of too many You know, discussion forums and a lot of the discussion forums right now on the coast are my doctor wants to move our hygiene appointments from one hour to 30 minutes. And how do I do this? And everyone I'm like, my first thought is you can't. I haven't replied that to any of your chats, but (laughs) this is the important piece is that the doctor has to philosophically hold up the vision of the practice is being on time important. What kind of time do we want to commit to this? Are we looking at making more money and more appointments or do we want this to be relational? Um, And then also interjecting the whole PPO thing. Listen, if you're completely PPO dependent, you're going to have to work faster. You're going to have to find a way to generate more money when you discount 40 some percent of your fees. So you have to call those things out because if you don't, team members are just going to hear you say, you need to work harder. You need to turn these around. Come on faster, you know, type of a thing. Don't you think?
1: I do. You bring up a really great point and that is just having, you know, communication, open communication between the hygienist or the doctor. Sometimes that, um, you know, amount of time gets pushed down from the doctor, like, oh, you know, you need to shorten your appointments or you're instead of having 60 minutes, now you're only going to have 40 minutes. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just kind of dictated, but that communication needs to happen about why the doctor might be feeling pressed to shorten those appointments and why the hygienist might be thinking that they need longer amounts of time. And I feel like they need longer amounts of time as a hygienist myself. But
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: But I, But I believe that they also need to understand where the doctor is coming from and and why he or she might be pressing on the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think you're bringing up a great point. You know, far too often doctors don't communicate with team members and they don't understand the why, you know. So for another podcast, we can talk about cancellations and how that really impacts But that's not what we're talking about today. But when you can see the whole picture, you can see that efficiency Being on time, having systems, keeping promises are really important to building a great dental practice. Now, the other complication that, you know, you, Angela, you know this all too well, the danger in a dentist, and you know who you are if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to a lot of CE. So you're learning about scanning, photography, all of these things, so much more, And your first thought is that is the future. That's where I want to go. And so now you're just pouring more and more to do on your hygienist if it's not explained correctly. So we got to prep them not only for the vision, but we also, you know, one thing we have to talk about, Angela, one of the steps is we got to prep for these appointments in advance prior in the huddle, don't we?
1: We do. Um, that's the most important thing, in my opinion, is just being really prepared for your day. Um, sometimes we don't like to, to look at our day before we go in, but really we need to be um, extremely prepared for it, knowing what patients are coming in, what procedures are coming in for, if you need to take x-rays, if you need to do scans, photos, um, if they have family members that need to be reappointed, making sure you find out all that before the patient arrives. Because... Let's face it, you're going to have to find all out, find out all that information before the patient leaves your chair. So as much as you can figure out before the patient even sits down in your chair is going to save you time.
0: Yeah. So many times these great patients of yours share these thoughts, these concerns, these stresses to your team member who's answering the phone, but you don't even hear about it. And so they tell your team member, Nancy, at the front and all this stuff and And then they come in and they tell the same story to the hygienist and then they repeat the story to the dentist and they're thinking, does anyone listen to me here? You know, Um, so I think it's really important in the huddle, you give space to make it about patient care in there. And you brought up another great point. You know, the better prepared you are, the better these appointments go. You know, what's going to happen. You can predict what's going to happen for the most part. You can also call out when patients and hygiene owe you money and they have to make a stop up front. And, you know, uh, towards the end of the year, the beginning of the year or any time during the year, you might find out patients need additional restorative work, you know, and they are here today and you're talking to them today and you have an adjacent column in the restorative room that's empty. So what a great opportunity to not only make it on time, but make it more valuable to them, the practice. And so. You know, we see it all too often. People slow down and they go farther. I know that's like a contradiction in terms and that's, that's hard for people to understand. But the better you are, the slower you have to be sometimes. Well, I'm not talking about slow and complacency, but I'm talking about just making sure we do it right and not fast. So, uh, and so it, if
1: you're preparing the day before and you find out that the patient does have a treatment plan Then you can give the doctor the heads up at that morning's huddle that this might be a little bit a longer exam or I might page you a little bit earlier to do the exam. And so that way the doctor can have a heads up, too, and not, um, you know, not be surprised in their day either.
0: Yeah. Now, you just said a word that made me flinch a little bit, gave me like a little Um, twitch in my neck. It's called the exam. Cause every dentist <laughs> loves just being called on to do all of these periodic exams. And so don't you just love it? You know, and I'll just tell a funny story. One of my favorite stories was we were coaching a practice and they're actually great practice. So they're probably going to listen to this. So I'm sorry. I'm telling your story. But they did the whole headset thing. And because they they were using the buzzer on the wall, and they're like, okay, he's not listening to the buzzer. So they thought they'd put the headsets on. And they thought they would. Be, and so I was in the office and he takes the headset and pops it out of his ear. And they're just like... Arr! you know who you are if you're listening to this but uh, your team members are waiting on you forever for these exams and the patients are already running behind and they're stressed and you're making small talk so how's your kids how's the dog you know yeah he's working with another patient you're not as important as they are but um so i'm having fun with you guys but like what do we do with the exams and there's got to be a better way
1: i like doing the exams um anytime in the appointment after i've da- i've after I've gathered my data. So as a hygienist, um, I always like to page my doctor or alert them that I'm ready for an exam after I've done the data gathering. So for me, data gathering means my patient interview, my medical history, my x-rays, my perio chart, my my dental hygiene screening, um, You know, anything that I can do assessment wise, get that out of the way at the beginning. And then what I'll do is I will page my doctor. Um, you know, letting the doctor know that I'm ready for an exam, not that I'm done with my appointment, but that I'm ready for an exam at that point. And then what I'll tell my patient is I'm paging doctor for your exam. And he or she, I worked with a group practice, so um, (laughs) they will come in when, when they're available. And I would also tell them, when I hear doctor starting walking down the hall, I'm going to raise your chair up. And then that way they could meet each other sitting up. And that was just the way my office liked to do it. The doctor liked to meet each other, um, you know, eye to eye level with the patient. But I know every office is a little bit different.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think you're bringing up a great point. Like the, the exam doesn't always have to be done at the same time in every hygiene appointment. You know, make sure you clarify between the hygiene team and the doctor what needs to be done first And then let me know so that I can come in when it works for me to go in there. Now, a couple inherent challenges with that. If you have seven hygienists and you're one doctor, that's going to be kind of tough. You know what I mean? So you got to call out. And and, and that's just a different type of practice, you know, and so you have to be honest about your expectations in that respect. Another thing you can do to proactively limit the challenges is think better about how you use your time. So if you're doing restorative work and your restorative blocks are on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, what a great opportunity to pair them with perio blocks right next to them so that you don't have to get up as many times and you can stay in the focus zone because dentists... Don't love the aerobic stuff up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. So and then the other thing, too, is if you have a dentist who's a chatty Kathy or a chatty Jim, which a lot of them are, you know, these things never are five minutes. It's 15 minutes. We're talking about barbecue and how the football team did this weekend. And it's raining outside. And it was slippery on the way to work. And man, they just chat forever. And so I like the idea of rapport second as much as possible. Come in and share with the doctor what you've already learned before the doctor says, how's the game? And did you see the large You know, because now you're going to just sit there and wait for four minutes so that you can politely interrupt. And that's hard to do. But, um, you just have to get creative with this, and then also, if you got a chatty Kathy who just keeps chatting and chatting and chatting, and they're slowing down the other hygiene appointments, it might be a good idea just put their hand, put your hand on their shoulder, and say, "Okay, you know, it's a nonverbal cue that I have to take him or her somewhere else," you know, type of a thing. So, I don't know. I love this stuff because I deal with it. We talk about it all the time. So. Um, And great point. Now, another point that you guys always teach our coaches (laughs) is the voice-assisted perio charting. Tell me about that.
1: Absolutely. I love um, it when offices just embrace technology instead of thinking that it adds extra time to their appointment, you know, with all the photos and scanning and things like that. Really utilize those things to make your your appointment more efficient. Um, So you mentioned the voice-assisted perio charting. There are applications that you guys can use that you put on a headset and it records all your perio charting for you. Um, You know, you just prep the patient with what they're going to be hearing before you start doing your measurements. And then the patient can be part of that experience as well. So then you're, you know, kind of talking to your voice recognition, (laughs) but really you're, you're talking to the patient at the same time. And what that also does when you've prepped the patient in advance is you've taught them about what they're supposed to hear. So you're kind of diagnosing at the same time. You don't have to set the patient's chair up and say, you know, this is what I found. Instead, they're hearing at the same time, not what you found, but what their measurements are, what their periodontal condition is. Um, And we always talk about, you know, a picture being a worth a thousand words right so the these scans that you're taking these intraoral photos that you're taking you know just consider them a time saver (laughs) if you can use that to show the patient and cut down on the amount of talking that you have to do by just simply showing them and they're able it's amazing they're able to um almost diagnose themselves if you will
0: yeah that's so important because this is a major challenge and i have pay attention to how much you're talking so if you as a dental team are talking 80% of the time and they're only talking 20% of the time or 10% of the time i can guarantee you this is what they hear and you know Kirk they had the wah, 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 wah. they just tune you out after a while you know and they're just moving their head up and down so you want to make sure it's very interactive maybe use my name once in a while if i'm a patient that'll get me out of my you know non-thinking zone. So it's so important. And one more thing, gosh, because I can't stop thinking about this, is you have to have expectations. We're really talking today about time and how to use your time. And you as a dentist, if you don't have any expectations on how the time's supposed to be used, people come up with their own expectations as they come into your practice. Now, I get it. Everybody has a different style, a different speed, a different demeanor. They should. They should always bring their individuality. But there should be somewhat the milestones that you should be able to hit, well, if, for instance, if you have a hygiene appointment in an hour. So think about this. If you have three hygienists and you don't give them any expectations and you just say, do your thing, they're all going to do it differently, which has challenges for you. Don't you think, Ange?
1: Yeah. It, you know, there needs to be a conversation on what that appointment flow should look like and also how long things should should take really. um for years we've been kind of teaching the 2020 based on some courses that we took years ago with Rachel Wall and that that appointment should be um, kind of split into thirds where that first 20 minutes is the assessment and then I won't say the second because I've already taught you about exams on demand so it doesn't necessarily have to be the second part of the appointment but about 20 minutes of that appointment should be the mechanical debridement of that appointment and then um, about 20 minutes should be the exam, the reappointment, and and everything. So, if you kind of, you know, set that expectation with the team that that's what the flow of the appointment should look like, then when you're doing your time study and you're looking at the results of your time study, you can kind of see like, oh gosh, like we're way over in our assessment. You know, our assessment's taking. 30 minutes or, or we're waiting for the exam for (laughs) way too long. And that's extending that 20 minute section. Or, you know, what happens sometimes is um, is that we're spending too much time in that mechanical debridement, you know, and I'm, you know, you can hear the hesitation in my voice as I say that, because this is when we're going to start getting our hate mail.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. Info at, no, just kidding. Um, no, but really, it's an unpopular thing for me to say that it shouldn't take more than 20 minutes to do a mechanical scaling of a patient. But what I mean is that um, in this appointment, it's for a healthy patient that we're talking about, right? Our, our regular six-month hygiene appointment is where, what we're talking about. And if the patient truly is healthy, I would argue that that shouldn't really take very much time. Yeah, that 20 minutes should be able to be plenty of time to to get that part of the appointment done.
0: Yeah. And and, and I love what you're saying, Ange. So if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a hygienist, please don't hate us. Don't shoot the messenger. No, we're, just, no, we're just trying please. to help you. Look, we know I'm One of you. Yes. And just <laughs> one of you. And I'll just say this if the dentist is listening to it also. Like, it's really hard for many hygienists to get all of what they want. What the dentists want to get in there. And the whole point of this podcast is just to give you some guardrails, some systems, some tools, some thinking so it doesn't become emotional. And then once you come to some common agreements where you say, okay, here's the ideal best practice for hygiene appointment. I think the dentist should go first. You know what I mean? Just say, listen, I, I I helped you come up with this protocol. I'll do a hygiene appointment and I'll tell you if this is valid or not. And you guys can just sit back there and giggle while they struggle with this because it's really easy to say, hard to do. And I think it's really very telling of a dentist who says, listen, I'm with you. I'm not above you. Uh, I, you know, I'm with you on this and I'm probably not as good as you, but I'm going to try to do what we agreed to do on a semi-regular basis, just to let you know that I'm I'm not just out there telling you something. So I think it's really important that we're all on the same page with this. Um, and y- you know, um, there's other thoughts I have, but I get, we got to keep this to less than an hour. So another thing that we teach Ang, and I want you to explain this is don't over-treat by doing period maintenance on, you know, a profi. Like, don't, don't do that. Why?
1: Sure, sure. So not just because of time, but, but it does throw our schedule off when a patient comes in and we're scheduled for a regular prophy, Um, And maybe we don't want to have that conversation about perio or maybe they're borderline or, or maybe they're perio and we just haven't been treating them. And sometimes as hygienists, we've been known, <laughs> We've been known to do more aggressive therapy on that patient during that, uh, that appointment. Um, you know, sometimes our coaches call it like a bloody profi. you know, where we're going as deep as we can into these six and seven millimeter pockets, um, debriding them as much as we can. Um, and then we wonder why we don't have enough time or, yeah. or we blame the patient that, you know, their mouth was a mess. Um, You know, it took a lot longer. They came in with a, a poor condition, but, you know, also reflecting, okay, yes, that's the patient's responsibility, but it's also our responsibility to flip that appointment into an actual perio procedure then, and not just continue to do bloody prophy after bloody prophy if that's not actually what the patient's condition is.
0: Yeah. And what's worse is we usually undercharge for that. So we serve champagne, but we charge for water just because we're afraid. And, you know, hygienists have a great heart for taking care of people. And sometimes we take care of them at the expense of time or the ability to do it like the way we should do it. And so I think it's a great opportunity with the support of the doctor to say, okay, look, there's some infection going on here. Now that's, that's for you to figure out and then pivot, let the patient know we've got to set up a different appointment. We're not going to do a, you know, a deep cleaning, then what the heck is that? Don't use the word deprivement. That sounds like you're stealing from me and scaling. That sounds like it's something on a fish, you know, planing, my dad used to make me plane doors with the dip, <laughs> black and what, what the heck is that? Like use this phrase, Mrs. Jones. We're going to have to make it another appointment. It's going to be different than these appointments. We're going to do you have gum. You've got an infection in your gums and we're going to do gum infection therapy. Now, let me explain what that is. It's a different appointment than this. And I could have the give you the, you know, the time and the care that you deserve during that appointment. And here's how that works and that way you don't get yourself, you don't paint yourself into a corner by doing the bloody profi or undercharging or half explaining. And then the patient's upset and it just, the cycle continues. We have an incredible opportunity to change people's lives. And it starts right there at the gums, you know? So it's, uh, it's an awesome, I, I mean- I love you. You have to shut me up. Ange. I love this stuff. Um, so I think it's really important that just, you know, our goal in this podcast is just to give you some tips and some, you know, thought processes on that. Um, any last thoughts you have, Ange? This is great. These tips are awesome and helping us stay on time.
1: Just back to what we were talking about Um, with communication, you know, use this podcast as a jumping off point to schedule some time with your doctor with your team, tell them that you're challenged, you know, they can't help you if, if your team doesn't know that you're stressed out, and you're running behind schedule, um, and they won't be able to provide solutions for you either. Um, And that'll give you also an opportunity to, you know, it's not just the hygienists that are facing this. You know, the dental assistants, the dentists, they're always stressed with time as well. So I think just, you know, using this as an opportunity to have some open conversations and, and problem solve as a team.
0: I love it. I love it. Let's go on to the bonus round, too. ding, 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 ding. There's one extra because I was just thinking about this. When you think about time, not just in the current time that you're experiencing with the patient right now, another thing that you can do to reclaim your hygiene time and better use time is for the future. So you know that thing that they have around their neck called the bib? We like to affectionately refer to it as a seatbelt. You know what I mean? So don't take the bib off until you do one valuable thing. What is it, Ange?
1: Um, get them scheduled back, talk to them about treatment. I don't know. Where are you going? Yeah. All of that.
0: All of that, because here's (laughs) the thing. You know how this is. You take off that seatbelt, man. They are like the best defensive lineman getting through the offensive line. They got the swim technique. They got the rip technique. They're going right through there and they're out of there as fast as can be. When when I've got a bib on you, it's clear. You're not going anywhere. And if they touch the bib, go, no, 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 no. Don't touch it. No one touches the bib. Only I touch the bib. And so what you can do is you can better protect the future time by making sure that you have this great patient tethered to the practice with their next valuable appointment. You get them locked in the schedule. Um, just don't let them float to the front and then float outside. No, if I'm a hygienist, I'm getting you in here. I'm going to keep you in here. I'm going to build a lifetime of people in this practice that are the right core values for us. We're going to get them healthy. We're going to change their lives. So it's good stuff. And Thank you so much for being on.
1: Thank you, Kirk.
0: I felt like I talked way too much. You're the expert. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is good.
0: Yeah. So awesome. We'll stick around while we think about everybody else. But uh, this is serious stuff, just staying on time and hygiene. And so, again, just like Ange said, our goal is to give you the name of the podcast. It's called The Best Practices Show. Our goal is to share best practices. This is all we do. So if you're wondering what we do, we're coaches. We listen to great practices all over the country that just get a little bit better. And we get to learn all this really cool stuff. So if you're going to listen to this for the first time, you're like, my practice isn't going the right direction. Don't keep going that way. Raise your hand. We have an amazing team member on our team. Her name is Gina. And you can email her Gina G i-n-e-a at actdental.com that'll be down in the show notes you can flip up to that and you just click on that and she can listen to you she's like a great therapist you know and if we can help you great if we can't that's great too we just want to make sure that you're creating a better practice and better life and you're enjoying this great profession of dentistry so until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show you guys enjoy your day